You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. So, uh, you know, it was funny. I was listening to... uh, the athletic Ohio State dedicated podcast. It's called um, Four to Six with A and B, and it's the two of the old Cleveland.com guys, Ari Wasserman and, and Bill Landis. So they do their own Which podcast. We're like, yeah, and they were there for like, it seemed like a year or two and yeah. then moved on pretty quickly. Yeah, right? totally. I, I don't know if Lay Marie burns these kids out and they just, <laughs> they just he seems like a pretty he intense might. guy. He totally might. Like, <laughs> he might have that personality that he does that. I could totally see that happening. <laughs> yeah. So they, they were talking about the last few matchups against Northwestern. And, you know, they've all been pretty close. And I know this team is atrocious on offense and i i actually i wrote down some numbers here i'll 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 mention them later but yeah so they're atrocious on off atrocious on offense but if you go back to the last few matchups and you know we don't see them every year we only see them every few years on the regular season schedule last year we saw them in the big 10 title game but last year the big 10 title game you know we jumped out to the big lead it was 24 7 but then northwestern made a push in the third quarter and i think it was like a 24 21 game late in the fourth quarter so it was actually a better game or a tighter game than than the final score would would have suggested. And then in 2016, they came into the shoe and played us really tough. Uh, that was like a 21 or maybe a 20 to 16 final, something pretty close mm. to that. Yeah. And then in t- before that, then 2013 was the, the last time they had played them before that, and. They that was a very tight game. Ohio State was losing that game in the fourth quarter. I think they ended up winning by ten, by nine or ten. And the only reason that 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 margin was as much as it was is because Joey Bosa fell on a fumble on the game's last play in the Northwestern end zone to get a cheap last second touchdown. But it was like a three point game, and it was Northwestern was trying to drive to either tie or, or or pull ahead. So the last few games between these two schools have actually been pretty close. And, I, I, you know, but this is easily probably the worst offense that they've had uh, that yeah. I can remember, yeah. right? Uh, you know, I, I went and looked and, like, <clears throat> I tried to find a reason why this should even be a game, right? You right. know, is it is it because they've got 15 Ohio kids starting or, you know, they've got just some, you know, speedy weapon dude that's going to give us fits or... You know, just some anomaly other than, you know, you just look at their record, who they played, um, and it, it just doesn't exist, right? No. I mean, on paper, this is just – I mean, I even I even think the line is low, uh, you know, which is crazy when you think about 28 points, yeah. Big Ten opponent on the road, and this team was in the championship game yeah. last year, which then, you know – also, it got me thinking about how ridiculous the East-West alignment is in the conference yeah. where you just have this disparity between these, you know, these blue bloods in the East and just you have a championship team from the West and then the next year they're one in four. Like, and it, that to me is just a whole other 
topic that certainly we don't need to, you know, dissect today. And, but it, it could be a whole other pod in and of itself. But back to the game, um, maybe, maybe Ohio State's looking ahead. But other yeah. than that, how is this even remotely close? Well, right. Yeah. I mean, looking ahead, that, that definitely crossed my mind that, that that could make this a closer game than, than we'd expect. I mean, it's a 28. It's Ohio State minus 28. So they're four touchdown favorite in this one. You know, it was funny uh, that North, I don't know if it was Northwestern football or the University of Northwestern, one of their twi- uh, Twitter accounts today posted a photo of the grass. Somebody with a tape measure showing how long the grass is. And I can't remember what the caption was, but it was like, ah, just about right, you know, but it shows how long right. the grass is. So, yeah, they're going to be right. playing on a slower on track, our- right? They're going to use every advantage they can, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I saw that. I also saw their, like, I don't know, pump you up video, which is don't go gentle into that good night, right? right. They were, like, touting their, <laughs> their, I don't know what they're calling them, their nuclear uh, uniforms. But then it got me thinking, it's like, yeah, that poem's somewhat defeated, or defeatist, because eventually you're going to die, right? right. Like, <laughs> you're dying? It's just, you know, you're going to, like, have a swing before you get slaughtered. I don't know how associating this game with that poem is a really motivating thing if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a little little dramatic uh, for, for, for a, a, a college football yeah. game. I think everyone's going to survive. No one's going to die. Yeah, um, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking over, I just, this morning, over coffee, I just thought I'd look up Northwestern's you know, where they stand nationally in, in some key areas uh, statistically. And they are 125th in nationally in total offense. There's 130 FBS teams. They're 125th. They're 128th. How's that possible? Uh, I, I, How's yeah. that possible? Yeah. Well, right. And, and you know, uh, they, they got this Ballyhooed transfer, Hunter Johnson, who was a five-star prospect. I think he was at, if I'm not mistaken, he was at Clemson and transferred to, for, to Northwestern. And um, he's he's from Brownsburg, Indiana, and uh, he's so far he's uh, he's got one touchdown pass to four interceptions. He's thrown for a total of three hundred and sixty-seven yards in five games. Wow, um, there are, yeah, it, it's it's crazy. So they're one hundred twenty-three yards in passing, one hundred twenty-third, sorry, in passing offense, and eightieth in rushing offense. So they run the ball a little bit better, but still toward the bottom half of the of the stats nationally so they're pretty dreadful on offense and and i don't remember them being this bad in the pat fitzgerald era yeah um Um, well weren't they supposed to be somewhat decent like what the hell happened i thought so i mean i don't know if it was just scheduling i mean they started on the road at stanford they had to they've so far they played at stanford at wisconsin at nebraska and then home at Mich- home against Michigan State, they've lost all four of those games. The only one they have is at uh, home, yeah. 30-14 to UNLV. So maybe it's somewhat a project of the, product of the schedule. I, I'm not yeah. going to pretend to know how many kids they've lost. I know that they lost their starting quarterback, um, you know, the kid from last year who was actually pretty good. Um, yeah. And, and he had a pretty yeah. good game against us in the shoe back in 2016, I remember. Thorson, Clayton Thorson. And uh, he wasn't too bad in the Big Ten title game last year either. But it's tough, right, at Northwestern. It's just tough to, to reload, right? Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's that same argument that I had sort of about Michigan State, right? You, you can't year in, year out expect them to be, uh, you know, even contenders, mm-hmm. mediocre. Um, but to go from, you know, where they were last year to being this bad, I, I guess I didn't realize that schedule as you ran through it's harder than I, than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess on paper, it doesn't surprise me that they lost all four of those games. So, I don't know. Okay, so maybe there's one of our positives why this can be a uh, a, a tighter battle because well, their schedule is actually pretty damn hard. Well, yeah. So they, point. yeah, totally. So I know Stanford got off to a slow start. They opened the season at Stanford. That was a 17-7 game. Of course, the the Northwestern offense was dreadful in that, but their defense kept them in it. And actually, that's that's kind of been a theme, right? Their defense has kept them in all most all of their games this year. Um, they lost 24 to 15 at Wisconsin. And actually, Northwestern outgained Wisconsin in that game, 255 to 243. Oh. They held that Wisconsin offense to 243 total yards. Um, I, I think there might have been some some turnovers and there's some short fields for the Badgers that might have, you know, contributed to, to that, you know, kind of modest output yardage-wise. But And then they turned around the following week. They lose a close game at Nebraska, 13 to 10. So they've been competitive. Really, the only game that wasn't competitive was uh, against Michigan State at home a few weeks back, but yeah, I mean, so yeah. defensively, uh, you know, they're, tw- they're just outside the top 25. They're 26 nationally in total defense. And that's actually better than the likes of Alabama, Auburn, and Oklahoma, if you can believe it. Uh, oh. They're 30th in scoring defense. They're giving up just under 20 points a game. They're 14th nationally against the pass. You know, they, they play that soft zone, that zone that's, it's kind of hard to move the ball on them through the air because they play that zone defense and they're actually pretty good in that zone and they're in their 53rd against the run. So you can, you can run a little bit against them. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at this game. I'll give a prediction in a second. We've got everybody else's predictions to go through first, but right. If we're looking at, okay, if Northwestern's to keep this game close and, and, and put a scare into Ohio state, what does that look like to you? What does that game look like to you? Obviously the defense plays well, Maybe they confuse Justin Fields. They show him some coverages. As you said, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe you mentioned this, or I think I might have heard this on on the the podcast I mentioned earlier. Northwestern is also coming off a bye. So maybe they, you know, they they show a look defensively that confuses Fields. He's not able to, you know, adjust, or he has trouble finding receivers downfield. I don't know. How else, in your opinion, does that that game look if it's going to be a close one? Well, it would seem... It, it would seem to reason the only chance they have, you know, is to slow the game down, limit the highest state's possessions, even though their defense is good. Um, Cause they just don't have the offensive weapons, but I, I just don't see how they're possibly going to be able to mm. do that. Um, it, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think what we should have done for the pod in, instead of uh, predicting scores is we should have predicted uh, an over under on first down. How many first downs is Northwestern going to get in this game? Well, maybe let's do it point, now. Set, set the over under on first downs. What is it? Um, six. Six. I was thinking eight, but we were in the same ballpark. Eight. Okay, so we'll spl- so we'll split the difference. So seven is the over under on first downs and I would I mean I would take I would take the under on that. Um, yeah. I mean it sounds like their defense is 
halfway decent, but the point is Ohio State is going to get their chances, mm-hmm. and you know you could stop them for a while, um, but just you know you just can't shut that team out Mm-mm. for an entire game. So you do some ball control stuff like that, but if you can't get any first downs, that's not going to happen. The other thing, you know, I, it's going to be my new sort of weekly thing is who's the poor soul that has to try and block Chase Young week in and week out. And I actually looked it up, and he's, it, it, it was somewhat encouraging. His name is um, Rashawn Slater, and he's the offensive tackle. He's six foot three, 305-pounder. He's a junior. I was like, oh, man, this guy's got a shot. And then at the very end of what I read, it's like, Andy's questionable on Friday night. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Well, Chase Young had a pretty good. I remember him having a pretty big uh, Big Ten title game last year. He was responsible. He forced a couple yeah. of turnovers, and I don't know if it was the same guy that was trying to keep him off the edge, but trying to block him off the edge. But uh, right. yeah, that, that it was probably that kid. Yeah, you know. So it's just like so. So you're going to put another guy to try and stop. I mean, I, this defense is just going to eat them alive. I, I uh, would think so. I would think so. It's Friday night. Weird shit happens on Friday night. We've gone to Evanston before and not looked great. You get the job done, but they haven't looked great doing it in, in you know in some in some years. You got a huge game looming next week with Wisconsin, and yeah. so so if we're if we're talking about this game, if we're if on Saturday morning, you and I are talking about a close call where Northwestern really puts a scare in Ohio State. I think we're probably talking about maybe three or four Ohio State turnovers, you know, giving giving a short yeah. field to Northwestern, they get some cheap scores. Maybe we're talking, God forbid, a key injury to, to a, uh, God forbid, you know, of a Justin Fields or even a Chase Young. Um, you know, 80, 90, 100 yards and penalties, a team that looks a little sloppy and sluggish coming out of a bye week. I think that's how Ohio State has to look. And, of course, Northwestern would then have to be would have to play their best game of the year. That's kind of the formula, I think, for yeah, a close yeah. game or potential Northwestern upset. So, yeah. I, Although, it, the, 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 the other thing, though, is had we been doing this pod last year or the year before, wouldn't we have said pretty much the same things against Purdue and or Iowa? So strange shit could happen. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I seriously can't fathom and even script the way that it could potentially happen. I was actually in Chicago in 2004 because I, I went back and looked when that game was because obviously Diane's from Chicago. Right. And I watched that game the last time Northwestern beat us. 2004. And I had to watch it with my fucking father-in-law, <laughs> who um, oh, I, no. is not technically... He's not technically a Northwestern, uh, but he lives in Evanston, right? right. And it was awful. Oh, I was, God. And then I was like, it was actually a wedding. So it, it's possible. I, it's just not very likely. Yeah. No, and, and I agree. And I have yet to, to hear anybody uh, say that it, that it will be close. And, and, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about on Sunday morning with the group, uh you know, we're talking about, okay, so, you know, where does Ryan Day have yet to prove himself as a big-time head coach, right, as, as an Ohio State coach? And we've talked about him getting Ohio State up for big games. 
but it's games like these where Ohio State has tripped up the last couple of years. Uh, right. Either after a huge game or, you know, with one on the horizon. And this this is a this is a good test for Ryan Day. Does he have them focused and you know, eye on the prize? And they come out off a of bye week, handle their business, and get ready for Wisconsin. So I think this actually is a pretty good litmus test uh, about where you know of where the program is, where Day is, and 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 does he have his team's attention? Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. It it's it's a good point. I think I think. You could you could say though coming off the bye negates perhaps the looking ahead, um, but you know that's like you know the looking ahead thing. Everybody in the world that knows anything about gambling and or you know football sees that, and and the coaches see it, and it's mm-hmm. amazing how sometimes they're just helpless to do anything about yeah. it. Right? It's like the train wreck's coming, the train wreck's coming, um, and you know it's there, and and the coaching they, they can't do anything about it because mm-hmm. it's just human nature, and and especially with eighteen year old kids, that they're like these guys should not even be on the field with us. We have really the game of the year next week, um, and to keep them focused on this is easier said than done. But uh, even that's not going to be enough on Friday night. Yeah, I I, I think I, I'm not worried about it. Actually, I, I'm not, and. I think part of the reason I'm not worried about it is because I think there's enough veteran leadership on this team. You know, this team is focused. Uh, the, many of these kids who are suiting up on Friday were part of the 2017 and 2018 teams who just missed out on the playoffs and who had, um, you know, uh, losses on their schedules in those seasons that they just could never recover from that cost them the opportunity to play for a national championship. And I think... I think that's going to benefit them. I think the Iowa game from two years ago and the Purdue game from last year, I think those are. Uh, I think they're going to benefit from those experiences because many of the kids now who are playing prominent roles for this team um, were on the, you know, were with the program at the time, and and they understood how costly those were. So I, I'm not worried about it. I think they're going to be ready to go. Um, now I do think Northwestern's defense is legitimately good enough to stave off a blowout for a bit. And I think Fitzgerald's a good enough coach. So I would not be surprised if this is a closer game than people expect for a couple of quarters. And it takes Ohio state a while to, to put this one away. Cause I do think Northwestern is a legitimately good defensive team and they're well coached. They don't typically make a ton of mistakes. So I wouldn't be surprised by that, but I'm with you. I think there's just too many, too many variables, I think, in Ohio State's favor in this one, and um, yeah, we'll see. So, yeah, the other the other variable is it, it does certainly seem like this team has got a chip on its shoulder and edge to it. They're very motivated. Um, I mean, outside of like a quarter here and there, they've done all you can ask, and so you know it doesn't seem like they would be susceptible to looking ahead or not taking an opponent seriously. They, they seem very, very focused mm-hmm. and buying into whatever day is selling them. And, you know, at least on a collision course through, you know, this game into Wisconsin and then on, you know, the eye on the prize, the big prize at the end of the season. I can't wait for that Wisconsin game. I can't wait to start breaking that one down. I, I'm, I'm yeah. looking forward to that one. I'm almost tempted to start talking about it now. Um, 
Did yeah. you see? So did you see that that the um, the broadcast of this game had to be switched from FS1 to Big Ten Network because of a conflict with uh, with the baseball playoffs? I did. See yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting because you know that you know Buckeye fans on Twitter kind of got all incensed about it, but I'm like, who cares? Big deal. I mean, as long as it's on yeah. the channel that I who get, cares? who cares? Um, but but well, I th- and the other the other and that's and that's after getting incensed on. Oh, it's infringing on, you know, Friday night high school football. Right. (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. You've known about this game for, it's been on the schedule for a year now, or presumably, I mean, I don't know, at least six months. And now everyone's up in arms about it being a Friday night kick. It's just like people just have nothing else to do and complain about stupid shit. I guess so. So these Friday night games, these were the brainchild of Jim Delaney. I, I, I think... I, I don't know if this is about getting more exposure or what, what, you know, what this, what this was about was just kind of getting the big 10 brand out there, uh, you know, having it featured on different nights. But the interesting thing yeah. is though, here's what I want to know. I want to look at the television ratings on Saturday and see which of those two games, I think it's the ALCS or Ohio state Northwestern gets better ratings. <laughs> you don't want to underestimate Buckeye nation, right? I mean, there's, I would not be surprised. It's, it's actually, <laughs> yeah, it's actually a very good point because you think there's no way that they could they could outrate uh, a playoff game. But baseball is so regionalized now. It is that I mean it's it's healthy you know overall. But man, if your team's not in the playoffs, nobody cares. Nobody's, nobody. Why? I mean, I'm not going to sit I, for a four hour baseball game. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that's actually. That should also be another prediction. What draws better? Which draw uh, better? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's look at that. Yeah. Is it is it the Astros and Yankees versus? Well, if the Yankees are involved, that's going to be tough to beat. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get the whole New York market, (laughs) and Houston's a big market. So. All right. So uh, Chicago. Chicago. So should we? Should we get to some predictions? Do we want to start with our our uh, our our friends in absentia? And then maybe sure. then then you then me. Sure. All right. Great. So first, I'm going to give a prediction on behalf of my father-in-law, Ken Meyer. Actually, he's he's going to be here on Saturday, and it's it's just going to be the two of us for a week, while Aaron's in Michigan uh, for a girls' week. She's she's going back to hang at her family's uh, lake house with that, her girlfriend. There's a pot in that that itself. that in itself is a pot. So it's a bachelor's <laughs> week coming up for the next week. So. Um, Ken's gonna he's gonna hang out and look after our dogs during the day while uh, while I'm at work. So so Ken's prediction he does not see this one as close. It's Ohio State sixty two seventeen in his view. Um, he's got Ohio State running away with this one. Uh, not much of a game there. Um, our friend Mr. Sloan Matt he likes the Buckeyes fifty nine to three. He says J.K. Dobbins goes over two hundred yards. So uh, he doesn't see that one as much of a game either. Uh, Mr. Plummer, Chad, 47-6, Buckeyes. Uh, and Mr. Gallagher, Tim, 49-7, Ohio State. Paige, how do you see this one? Yeah, I'm, I'm with all those guys. I, I was actually thinking shutout uh, like 41 to nothing. 41 nothing. I don't see how they can score. Okay. Yeah, I, I just don't see them scoring unless – Unless it's against our second team defense in the fourth quarter, I don't. How, how are they going to score? Yeah, yeah. 
and I and I assume they're going to have to pass a lot too. Which if you've got if you've got that quarterback, if you had, if Hunter Johnson has to drop back forty times, or however many times it's going to be forty something odd times, yeah. uh, and and you're going to expose him to Chase Young in that front seven coming after him, could get could get ugly. There could be some interesting things happening there. Um, I'm going to say Ohio State thirty seven. Northwestern three. I know that seems like kind of a modest final score, but and I tipped my hand earlier. I think when I said that Fitzgerald's a good coach, I think Northwestern's defense is good enough to stave off the blowout for a couple of quarters. It's a weird Friday night game played on a slow track, you know, natural grass. It's like four inches high. You're not even going to be able to see everyone's cleats. Um, and there's the possibility that Buckeye, the Buckeyes could have one eye on Wisconsin uh, next week. So we'll see. Uh, you know, if, if Ryan Day is able to produce a, a, a 60 to three result or some of these other scores that our friends have predicted, then I think yeah. we know that that's a good litmus test for where the program is and 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 how much of his players' attention Day has. So, yeah, well, they- go ahead, Paige. They they should have a fairly sizable Buckeye crowd in that game. I mean, if you're if you're a Northwestern fan, yeah, you're like, man, do I want to be witness to the slaughter? Yeah, there could be some seats available that might not normally be available. <laughs> God knows. I mean, how many Buckeyes there are in Chicago? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if that what that stadium hold like forty seven thousand. It wouldn't surprise me if there's twenty thousand Buckeyes fans there versus you know, 27 for Northwestern or something along those lines. Well, and then you factor in what could be a, a less than desirable uh, weather forecast. Looks like... Oh, what is it? Well, it's going to be clear, uh, partly cloudy, it looks like, but uh, I think the, I think game time kick is probably going to be about mid-40s. Mid-40s. So, yeah. we'll see. I don't typical know. Typical Chicago. <laughs> yeah, typical Chicago in what, uh, mid, mid-October. Um, is there any more meat on the Northwestern bone we can pick at, or have we kind of, I think we kind of, we, we got it all. I think we got got it all. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see, but yeah, I, I would expect Ohio state to handle business. All right. So there, there is one other, uh, game of interest as far as Ohio state fans are concerned in the big 10. And that is our friends from up North, as you like to call them page paying a visit to happy Valley. Uh, this is Saturday night. I believe this is going to be a ABC primetime game, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Michigan visits Penn State. Let me see here. I want to make sure that I get uh, get the time right. Um, right now, I think Penn yeah. State is only a seven-point favorite in that game. Do I have that right? I saw nine. I thought maybe it's come down. Eight and a half is what I'm seeing now on ESPN.com. It is the 430 primetime game on ABC, so I I assume that's Herb Street and Fowler. Um, I'll definitely be tuning in for that one. Number 16, Michigan at five and one, a very shaky five and one. Visiting Penn State, uh, number seven Penn State in Happy Valley. And I don't know, neither of these teams impressed last week. Is that fair, would you say? I mean... Penn State got the win. Yeah, well, there were right, but go ahead. Well, there was a lot of hype building for Penn State, and then just really that just eyesore against Iowa. I think that probably affected the line by four to five points. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Yeah, these guys aren't that good either." Otherwise, 
I could easily see this game being double digits. Right. Um, and, you know, the Michigan woes are well documented. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, M- Michigan has three of their next six games are versus, versus top ten teams. Yeah. And is this the beginning of the end here, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if they if they get – let's just say they lose them all and say they lose two of them in ugly, ugly fashion. I mean, Jesus Christ, talk about the wheels just completely coming off of that program. The wheels could come off. Well, I mean, I think it could go one of two directions, really. I mean, I think it either – you know, Harbaugh is able to – you know, at the, at the eleventh hour, turn this program around and get them into the back into the national discussion, or as you say, the wheels come off and and you really start hearing the Mike Valentis of the world calling for his head. You're at Happy Valley now. I think what we saw offensively from Penn State in Kinnick last week, at least offensively, I think I would not glean too much from that because Iowa's a different team at home. And they have a way of, of, you know, shutting down, you know, good teams in their stadium. I, I would expect that Penn State's probably a better offense than what they showed last Saturday. And especially when they're playing at home in a big game like this. Um, so, yeah, and then you got to turn right around. If you're Michigan, you host Notre Dame uh, yep. in the big yep. house. And Yeah. It, oof. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. it, it depends. If you're a Michigan fan, it depends on how you look at the world, I guess. You know, I mean, you could look at it as an opportunity or you could look at it as well, the opposite. Yeah, that's true. But, 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 but what, what have they done all season that would give you any hope mm-hmm. that that's actually going to no. happen? I mean, I went back and I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. They should have got beat by fucking Army. They yeah. should have never won that game, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like. Oh yeah, well okay. You're up twenty-eight nothing against Illinois. Next thing you know, that's a ball game. Like they have done nothing this season to give you any indication that they can turn it around. No. So, no. Um, I, and you make a good point about Penn State's offense and you know playing on the road at Iowa. How much do you you know pull from that versus their other games where they've looked pretty good? Didn't they go uh, to Maryland and just destroy them? Yeah, they did. They did. So, they have some offensive firepower, so yeah, this could get this. I mean, I mean, these next six games for us and for Michigan are just going to be entertaining as hell. It's going to be great. Well, yeah, we're going to learn a lot, right? I mean, this is yeah. These next few yeah. weeks are going to really tell us about who who really is going to be in pole position and who's going to you know if, if the Big Ten has any chance of getting a, a team into the playoff field. So yeah, Penn State. So Penn State. They have a, a, a 79 to 7 win in the opener over Idaho. Then they beat Buffalo 45 to 13. They still continue to schedule nobody in, in, the, in, the, in the preseason, in the pre-conference, non-conference, sorry. Uh, they, had a, they had a close game with Pitt, 17 to 10. That was in Happy Valley. Then they went to Maryland and then destroyed them, 59 zip. They beat Purdue 35 to 7. By the way, Jeff Brom. And Purdue, where did they go? I mean, they beat Ohio State last year, and then they just they went back to being Purdue. What have they done? Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the seventeen to twelve game against Iowa. It, it it is interesting because they played two legitimately solid teams on their schedule: Pitt and Iowa. And we're only they won both games, but 
they only totaled 17 total points in each game. 17-10 over Pitt in Happy Valley in Week 3. 17-12 on the road last week at Iowa. So it does recommend a suspicion that maybe offensively they're not as explosive as the Maryland result would suggest or the Idaho game would suggest. I don't know. In Happy Valley against a Michigan team that's really in the middle of an identity crisis, um, I, I got to go with Penn State. So should we go back around the horn with our friends first and, and give their uh, Penn State predictions, then we'll go you and me? What do you think? Yeah. All okay. right, great. So Mr. Sloan, he's got the Nittany, Nittany Lions 28-17. Uh, Chad has Penn State 34, Hugh Jackman 28. I'm not sure what he means by that reference, but maybe some of our <laughs> listeners can figure that one out. Um, Tim has Penn State 34-17, and he's got a little commentary with this one. Highlight of the weekend, Harbaugh takes over the play calling in the fourth quarter while Michigan is still in the game. Michigan gets 40 yards all quarter and lets PSU pull away. When the clock <laughs> gets to zero, Josh Gaddis torpedoes Harbaugh in the knees. With Harbaugh writhing in pain on the ground, Gaddis knuckle fucks him with a whiteout raining down over them. So I, I think he's going a little uh, bit on the limb with that prediction, but uh, kudos for the, uh, for, for, uh, the detail. Yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, the, the creative writing on that was exceptional. <laughs> awesome. And well pa- what do you think, Paige? How do you see this one? Uh, I it's it's really hard to play at that stadium at night in a whiteout. It's, yeah, it's a tough environment. Even when you're and good, even when you're good, we know it, right? I yeah. mean, what Joey Bosa had to have a sack, right? In OT, knock that guy down. Yeah, yeah, in OT. Um, I just i i I was on the Michigan train for two weeks. I think it's time that I jump off that train. <laughs> um, I just i think i think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of oh 33 to 6 i don't think it's close and i think it's it's just going to be an ugly ugly performance by our friends uh from michigan all right i got psu penn state winning this one and i'm literally typing this down i'm recording this as i 21 13 penn state um i i think the results against Pitt and Iowa are instructive. I don't think they're that good of an offense. I, I think I think Pitt and Iowa showed that. When they're going up against a competent defense, you can limit them. And and I think Michigan has, I think they can still play pretty good defense. Um, and I think there will be a sense of urgency with Michigan. I think they understand that this is really their season, right? They cannot afford to lose another game. Uh, you can't You can't have two conference losses, Big Ten losses, uh, this would effectively eliminate them from even winning a, a, a Big Ten championship, let alone you know getting back into the playoff discussion. So, however, um, I think they're a mess, and and I think they're in the throes of a, a huge identity crisis. And uh, I like Penn State in this one, twenty-one thirteen. So who, so who do you think just taking, um, you know, our hatred of Michigan? out of the equation (laughs) what's the best outcome for us i mean i'm leaning towards hey let's it's better for us to have penn state win have them be ranked as high as they possibly can be um when they come to columbus and i I know we also play michigan so you could you could totally flip it on its head and Mm -hmm. say oh well it'd be great if michigan won these next six games 
or five games before us, that's not going to happen. So where do you fall on that? Do you think it's better that Penn State wins this or Michigan wins it? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Michigan is highly regarded. I mean, I think there is a lot of national skepticism about Michigan going all the way back to 62 to 39, right? I mean, even before that. And and Penn State has shown that they, they've been able to play with Ohio State. So I don't know how much value there would be if by the end of the year we play an 11-1 Michigan team and kill them. I mean, what are people going to say? How much yeah. credit is Ohio State going to get in a win, in that type of a win? Um, you know, and, of course, they've owned Michigan now for 20 years now, going on 20 years. It, it has not really been a rivalry. So I guess I would say Penn State. Now, you know, Tim had mentioned uh, in, in Sunday's pod that, you know, there is, and maybe this were just scarred from, you know, the 90s and when we were all in school when Ohio State came into the Ohio, the Michigan game with everything to play for and Michigan came into the game with really nothing to play for and we know how those games turned out is Michigan more dangerous when they have nothing to play for or does it really even matter at this stage does it matter well, if they I, have everything on the line or nothing on the line Ohio State's just the better program and they're going to continue to win the, to win that game I I don't know I guess we're kind of splitting hairs at this point um, I'll take, I'd rather well, have, a, I mean, go ahead. It hasn't mattered for the last, to your point, 19 years. So, um, or whatever, 15 years, they've been good or bad. We beat them. Obviously it was a different story for, for Cooper, uh, that Tim was referencing. So I don't know. I I'm, I'm firmly on, Hey, let's have Penn state be good. Let the Michigan dumpster fire. Let's just let Watch that burn. Of course. <laughs> it's just going to burn. It is, it's going to start on Saturday night and it's just going to be pure entertainment between now and Thanksgiving. I, I, I have to agree. I mean, if Ohio state can kind of march its way into the playoff and handle everybody along the way. And we can simultaneously watch a Michigan dumpster fire. I mean, I think that's the best of both worlds, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I just, I yeah, just want to remind yeah. the listeners that, that, that you're listening to the South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast, which you can get on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We also, by the way, have a Facebook page, a Twitter page, and what else do we have, Page Instagram? And yeah, you can find us on those. Too. You can yeah, and you can find us on, on those three platforms as well. If you're if you feel like sending us a, a question or comment, you can email us at the southstandsosu at gmail dot com. All right, I just wanted to get that little promo out of the way. Paige, what do you think? Do we have anything else to cover before we, any other games around the country you want to talk about before we hang it up? Mm, I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't see too much else out there. Uh, I mean, there's couple other games obviously but nothing nothing worth taking up airtime yeah precious pod time for all our loyal listeners <laughs> all right buddy i.e. us i.e. <laughs> us, us, us and our close friends and our wives and yeah. maybe our kids um all right yeah. pal hey well listen man thanks thanks for making the time tonight um let's all right, buddy. Uh, by the way yeah. what are we going to do the post game right, pod is it gonna be saturday or sunday um i guess oh, we'll figure that question. out oh let's do some yeah it's got to be sunday because we want to uh, see what Michigan does for sure. That's right. That's right. Sunday. All right, folks. We'll see you on Sunday page. Thanks for making the time and go Bucks.